So far the most spectacular day of 2023. Here we are on this April the what, the 12th? Holy mackerel, 12th, 14th, I don't, doesn't really matter what it is, yeah. Yeah, just give the lawn a trim. Yeah, cool, yeah, all right. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to season four, episode nine. It's only like not even the middle of April yet. And we've got this beautiful short sleeve summer day in Niagara. This is absolutely spectacular. The kind of stuff that we have been waiting for and rejoice in after uh, a long and kind of goofy winter. Well, welcome to Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry, fueled by Gales Gas Bars, supported by Verge Insurance. We are ensconced, I love that word, ensconced in this beautiful uh, downtown pub. And uh, we can just have a look in here because this is the first this is the first day of the entire year that we've been able to open the front window. The big doors here at Fiddler's Poorhouse, 149 uh, St. Paul Street in St. Catharines. We are powered by WeStream, uh, Canada's premier streaming company. Uh, we'll be talking to executive producer Kevin Jack about that in uh, a little bit. Um, kind of an interesting thing going on in Niagara-on-the-Lake. There was a protest, a non-protest, a hunger strike, a non-hunger strike. Uh, well, we'll update you on, uh, on that and some other things. So come on in. Uh, and, uh, boy, I almost want to just keep the show outside today. Man, it is just beautiful. So, uh, episode uh, nine of season four of Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry is just about to get underway. And by all means, uh, as we remind you every single week, this is your show. It is live. Uh, it's not like live on tape or something like that. It's not like we do it live and then play it back. This is the real deal. It's happening in real time. And if you're watching this, you can come on in and join us at any time bring up any topic or comment on the topic of the day that we happen to be chatting about. Once we get online, you'll see a link at the bottom of the page. And at the bottom of the page, you just click on the link. As long as you have an audio connection and a video connection, we're gonna be able to make this happen. And we can chat about anything that you like. If you're sitting at home and we're talking about something, and, and you're just itching to say something, you're just itching to make a, a comment or, or give us some input or tell us that we're wrong and correct us or whatever, uh, that's what you can do here on, uh, on this show. And we'll talk more about that as well. Okay, Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry back uh, on track in about 30 seconds. Come on in. Hello, as we get settled in uh, in the lovely Fiddler's Poorhouse. Uh, come on down and join us for lunch, by the way. they got a hell of a menu here. Uh, and uh, as they say, there's something for whatever ails you. <laughs> uh, so come on in and uh, join us. Say hi. 
have a nice lunch, uh, sit in the open air window. It's, uh, wow, Kevin Jack, it feels like summer. Kevin Jack, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, howdy, Lee. Uh, Co-founder, along with Brandon Scram of WeStream, Canada's premier streaming company, executive producer of this program. So uh, if you don't like what you see, you blame him. Uh, if you like what you see, uh, you give me the credit. Okay, that's how this, that's how this whole thing uh, works. Yeah, that's what I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, one of the things that we wanted to start, uh, start with today, in case you see something that is alarming, especially folks in the north end of St. Catharines, uh, Malcolmson uh, Environmental Park, um, it's, it's right on Lakeshore Road at Lock 1 uh, at the end of Niagara Street. So that sort of gives you, a, it narrows in the, the frame of reference. They're doing a controlled burn there today. Uh, it was planned for Tuesday, but it's going to be happening today. Now, uh, it may have happened, it may be happening, uh, it may not quite get started. I'm not exactly sure of the timing, but it's supposed to be today. So if you see uh, great plumes of smoke at the Malcolmson Eco Park, uh, right at the end of Niagara Street off Lakeshore Road, right near Lock 1, please do not be alarmed. It is the city of St. Catharines, and uh, they're doing a, a controlled burn. I was in there the other day, a few weeks ago, uh, with my dog, God bless her, now deceased. Um, and uh, and they were doing a lot of cutting and paring and uh, and chopping of branches and things like that. So they probably now that it's drier, they've probably gathered all of that stuff uh, together and and they're doing this burn. Okay, so that's what's happening there. So uh, we wanted to mention that. So just in case you were getting alarmed, you shouldn't be alarmed. Just stay off nine one one and all that stuff because it's not necessary. They got it. They've got it under control, and uh, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to give my love and say, I miss you to my uh, my girl Georgie. She was 12 years old. She passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I loved her very much. Okay, Kevin, we have uh, one of the most interesting stories of Niagara coming up at about 12:15. Today, a gentleman by the name of James Russell kind of shone a light on this story for us. Now, the story has come around before. There is a spot in Niagara on Lake called the, Ni uh, the Negro, sorry, Niagara, I'm sorry, the Negro Burial Ground. Now, I know Negro is not a word that we use these days, but that is the name of this plot of land. And there were a couple of headstones discovered there, which led to James Russell getting very, very interested in this plot of land and, and going to work to, on his own to see what else is there. Uh, and here's one of the reports. Activist James Russell says he plans to end his day-old hunger strike at the Niagara Baptist Church burial ground after town councillors debate his demands in a meeting Tuesday night, which happened last night. After which, as I understand it, the, the town council 
issued an official statement, which really wasn't terribly illuminating, and it was more or less, here's the processes, and da 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 And Kevin, you're probably more familiar with the release than I am, because I haven't even seen the release. Actually, I don't think the, they made the release public, did they? Uh, I think they just emailed it to you know the traditional outlets. I don't know why it's oh, not available the on their website. traditional media outlets, yeah. Yeah, but here I'll get the uh, I'll get it up here for you so you can. Yeah. I mean, this is their story and they're sticking to it, you know, type thing. Right. Let's see. I'm not sure. Can you read this? And again, James is coming on here in about uh, five minutes. Yeah, he's going to come on and tell us a lot more about this. Uh, so I'm just going to really skim through it. And a press release issued by the town's communications department. Uh, the town is committed to honoring those buried at the cemetery, uh, preserving heritage in, the, in Niagara on the Lake, said the release. Council is committed uh, to a partnership with the community group known as FOTF, whom I'm familiar with, to restore and preserve this burial ground long term. And it goes on. And I don't want to steal James uh, Thunder because he can answer to uh, a lot of this that is happening. But sort of a Coles Notes version, a summary, if you will is the fact that they found these two above-ground um, headstones. Yeah, here's some great backgrounder, Lee, that we also found on Yeah, on let's do this. Here's, here's the back. This is your history lesson. Before we bring in the, the current uh, fellow James, this is a history lesson for you. I recently read, this is from Nigel, I recently read a fascinating article on TV.org about a Toronto man, James Russell who's working to uncover stories of people who were buried in an abandoned cemetery for black parishioners at Niagara Baptist Church in Niagara-on-the-Lake between 1830 and 1878. Slavery was still legal in Upper Canada in that period. I was hereby, uh, I was nearby today and went to visit what is now little more than a small field. The church, whose minister was Reverend John Oakley, a white British man, as long gone as are most of the headstones. It's thought that 28 people are buried there, but only three heavily worn headstones remain, two of which bear the last name Wesley. Ground-penetrating radar, which was paid for by Mr. Russell himself, has revealed that 15 headstones, 15, are now underground. He is carefully marked out in paint where the bodies are buried. He returns frequently to refresh the lines as the grass grows, placing a small Canadian flag in the middle of each burial space. He once found that someone had left roses on each grave, and there were the remains of flowers near two of the headstones when I visited today. So that gives you uh, the background of... Uh, the story around which we're going to be talking with this gentleman, and he is with us on the air right now. So let me introduce you to 76-year-old uh, James. Sorry if I outed you there in your age, James, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, James Russell, uh, Niagara on the Lake, and kudos to you for sticking with this story, because I had heard about this story before, but then it sort of faded away, and uh, and, and we didn't uh, in, gently into the good night, as they say. And, and we didn't hear a lot more about it. So fill us in. Now, pick up the story from that history lesson I just read to where we are today and what your history is with this site. Thank you so much for allowing me to 
uh, be on your show. Our pleasure. Uh, you're right. Uh, um, it was 1985 that I first visited Niagara on the Lake, and I think I went up and down that street in front of the Negro Burial Ground three times before I realized that the Negro Burial Ground is simply a grassy field. Um, finally, in 2020, I began to petition the town to allow me to conduct ground-penetrating radar. No one knows who's buried there. I mean, there's speculation uh, according to archives and, of course, um, um, municipal records, but we actually don't know who's buried there. We know that they are all early black Canadian settlers who came to, to Canada and Niagara-on-the-Lake to escape slavery. Mm -hmm. um, since I began the ground, since I paid for the ground-penetrating radar and we found 28 graves and 19 buried headstones, um, since then, I have been begging and petitioning the town to pay to unearth the headstones and to restore dignity to the folks who are buried there in unmarked graves. The town has steadfastly refused. Um, when I began my hunger strike um, on Monday, uh, this last Monday, um, the mayor did actually come out um, and sat with me um, and spent a half an hour explaining that the town of Niagara Lake is too poor to afford the $59,000 that it will take to unearth the headstones. Okay, wait, wait, let me interrupt you here, James, if I may. So the mayor, uh, the Lord Mayor of the town of Niagara on the Lake came out and to see you. Yes. When, when, when you were shackled to the site yes. in protest. Yes. And the only thing he talked to you about was the city's budget? Yes. Do you not find that a little odd? Not odd. I find, I find it beyond disappointing. Um, when I first discovered uh, the Negro burial ground, I was saddened that, that the dead had been so disrespected. Um, and then that sadness uh, went to, has now become anger. Um, these folks traveled hundreds of miles, a lot on foot, at night, under the threat of death to a country they knew little or nothing about, and now they've been rendered anonymous. Okay, James, help give us a little perspective here. There were two headstones that were above ground, yes. uh, and because of your analysis that you paid for out of your own pocket, we found headstones and other uh, burial sites beneath ground. How did they come to be buried? Why, are the, why do we have these two above ground and all of these uh, sites below the surface. Well, interesting. Um, the two that are not buried uh, were both white men. Uh, both were min both were ministers of the Baptist Church. Um, back last year, October, one of the town's employees, who's now retired, admitted that in back in the 70s and 80s, the town buried the heads the headstones. Actually, according to them. They laid them down. They met, laid fact, them down and buried them? No. They, they admit to laying them down. I contend that they buried them. The, the ground of the Negro burial ground is thick clay. And right. back in the, in the 1830s, black folks could only afford two-inch thick headstones. There's just no way that in the last 40 years, a two-inch thick headstone sank a foot and a half into the ground, covered itself with dirt, and was sawed. So they buried them, and they buried them to make it easier to cut the grass. Make it easier to cut the grass? Correct. Mr. Russell, how, 
How long ago did this happen? When when did the stones get laid down and and uh, and the new configuration take place? In the seventies and eighties. Okay, uh, now let me ask you. Now there was supposedly. Uh, a council meeting, what well, not supposedly, there was a council meeting last night after which uh, the Niagara on the Lake Council uh, or the town issued, um, for the lack of a better phrase, a media release. What, what was the content of that? The media release was the usual platitudes. We support Mr. Russell's effort to restore dignity to the folks who are buried there and we're working and working and working to see that come about the usual political garbled okay. response and now we haven't mentioned price tag yet but as i understand it from what i'm told um, the price to restore this burial ground to its original state would be approximately sixty thousand dollars correct correct uh, immediately after uh, we found, uh, I commissioned the ground penetrating radar and we found the 28 graves and, and the buried headstones. I asked uh, ARA, Archaeological Research Associates, um, to provide a quote. Um, and they are a professional archaeological company, one okay. of the premier ones in Ontario. Um, and they came back with $59,000, which will include researching who's buried there and the actual physical process of coming to the site and probing the ground and unearthing the headstones. And they said it would take about two weeks. Two weeks, is that all? That's it. Wow, well, but, you know, but, 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 but there, would also, there would also be, this is the, the good part, well, the best part, in my opinion, of what you just told me, is the fact that they would then be able to know um, who was actually there. Absolutely, we have no idea, we have speculation and we have, you know, based on records and marriage records and death certificates and voter, voter records. But we, until we've unearthed the headstones, we have no idea who's there. So is it my correct interpretation, though, James, that the, the city fathers or town fathers of Niagara-on-the-Lake are saying, uh, boy, we really appreciate and, uh, and understand <laughs> and empathize with you, but we don't have 60 grand. Is that, exactly. is, is that the bottom line I'm getting from this? Exactly, and, and that's been the bottom line for the last two years that I've been begging them to, to do the right thing. Now, do you think in one of the richest regions of our country <laughs> that they can't find $60,000 out of somebody's petty cash drawer somewhere to say, hey, uh, Mr. Russell, God bless you, you've done a great job. Yeah, we're gonna bring this thing back to, pardon the pun, life as it, as it were. Does this, is this not a difficult concept to wrap, wrap your head around? They have the means, they just don't have the will. Now, it also, I understand, and I, I don't know the counselor's name, is there seems to be, I think there's at least one counselor that is yes. driving this forward. Do you have any support on the council at all? And if so, where's it coming from? Um, uh, yeah, I just want to get uh, her name because uh, she's been uh, quite amazing. Uh, Maria Melvadis uh, is a counselor and she's quite new to the, the council. Um, I know Maria. She, <laughs> I know her. <laughs> she put forward, she wanted to put forward a motion last night um, and it was shot down. 
the, the motion was to, re, to, to provide the funds, the $59,000, to restore the Negro burial ground. Um, and she sat with me for hours and hours, and we talked about, you know, next steps going forward. But um, she, her, her, her motion was shot down. Now, what are the next steps? I know that politicians and city staff, et cetera, uh, and I'm not throwing shade on anybody in particular, except for the fact that they will always lean on process. Well, Mr. Russell, yes, we really, uh, we really appreciate your efforts, and, and <laughs> yeah. we really would like to move this forward, but we have to do a point A to point B to point C. It's a process we must go through, and on and on and on it goes. What is this so-called process? that needs to be done to make the uh, other than other than the 60 grand what is the what is the process there is no other process um ara the archaeologist submitted the proposal which covers everything which covers researching who's buried there by going to municipal records and archives and the next step of course is going physically there and uh, probing the ground finding the the headstones unearthing them and cleaning them and then decide what to do next. That's the whole process. That's the $59,000. There's no other study or process necessary. They just need to find the money to pay ARA. So the decision and the, and the process, the initiative, the whatever you want, whatever you want to call it, is definitely within the auspices of the municipal government here in Niagara. It is not a provincial deal, it's not a federal deal. Municipal politicians have the power to make this happen. Is that correct? The, yes, the Cemeteries Act says that the owner of the cemetery, only the owner of the cemetery can contract and pay for any work that's done in their cemetery. Actually, a representative of the BAO, the Bereavement Authority of Ontario, came and sat with me for about 10 minutes. And basically he said, uh, this is not our problem. Uh, it's the it's the town. This is going to sound really irreverent uh, to our municipal politicians of all stripes, but um, there's an old expression, and I'm going to turn it around and use it in this case. Uh, the Niagara region and its municipalities spill sixty thousand dollars a day, probably. They <laughs> yeah. spill it. It's it's uh, like, where did that go? Maybe a year, maybe six months, maybe a month, whatever. Um, we're not talking six million dollars here. We're talking fifty-nine thousand dollars for the heritage yeah. and the pride and and the integrity of a of a people that were very and still are very important to the Niagara region. I don't I I don't see that it's a tough decision, James. You know, for the life of me, I agree with you. I uh, I don't understand why I've been fighting the, the town council for the last two years. I, it's beyond me. It's beyond me. Just write a check. Figure out later where it's going to come from. But, you know, I'm sure that in the, in the sheltered world of municipal politics, the, the various people are legitimately concerned about being fiscally responsible for its citizens and for for its voters i get that however what do you think would be the best message we're saving you sixty thousand dollars by not doing this or we are going to spend sixty thousand dollars to enhance 
your heritage and, and, and be a part of recognizing the people that built this area. What do you think is the best message? Yeah, that's, that's, that's very, you know, it's disgraceful. it's disgraceful. And what the town has done now is they have set up a portal asking the residents, the taxpayers of Niagara-on-the-Lake, who have already paid their taxes, to dip into their pockets again to donate money for the restoration oh my. of the Negro burial ground. They want, they want separate what, donations? They, in order to pay for what the taxpayers have already paid for. <laughs> okay, so I think, I, I think we've probably uh, ranted enough. Let's, <laughs> let's um, and justifiably so. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm totally with the project, except for the fact that it isn't a project right now. Um, you were on a, on a so-called hunger strike. You, were, you had uh, attached yourself to this site. Uh, you are now obviously at home. You're no longer there. Um, where are we right now? What's going on? Is is or are we once again just frozen in time? We're we're back to square one. Um, I am now. Uh, I've uh, um, I've connected with a, a group of people who have basically said uh, the next step is is a protest with hundreds of people in Niagara on the Lake, very similar to the Black Lives Matter. Um, so we're in the process of organizing that. Hopefully for June, we hope to have hundreds of people. Um, arrived from not only Niagara and the Lake, but also we're, we're going to bus people in from from Toronto and 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 the surrounding regions. Might I might I suggest something to you? Sure. The the initiative or an initiative like this, while honorable in its intentions, often fall on deaf ears because the scope, the reach of such a protest often is rather limited. Um, companies like WeStream, for example, can turn a 10-person event into a 100,000-person event. Media promotion, and I'm not talking about traditional media, I'm talking about the kind of media that we are using right now here on Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. This is how you reach people, James. Uh, it's wonderful to have feet on the street. It's wonderful to have bums in seats, as we used to say. But when you have, when you are fighting for millions, and I mean this literally, millions of eyes and ears, if you are planning an event, do not leave social media and local uh, communications efforts out of the picture. Okay. No, I understand that. Um, because um, people don't show up at events anymore. Yeah. They click on them. Yes. Uh, you know? And, yes. And, and I want you to be successful in a year. I want us in less than a year, in a, less than a month, two months. I would love to see some new refurbished, redone, uh, replanted, uh, if you will, stones to people that are recognized as being vital parts of this community and a vital part of our history. And I would love to be able to walk by that with you and, and have a look at it. So um, get, as much, get as much feedback and as input as you can 
because that's what politicians pay attention to. Yes, yes. So, um, God love you. Um, do you have anything else you want to tell us? Anything else you want to share before we say so long for the day? No, but you know, I wanted to point out that you know there are there are generations of grandchildren and and great great grandchildren and great great grandchildren who would love to know where their ancestors are buried. Precisely. And the town, the town is denying that them that opportunity. It's sixty thousand dollars. We we spill that in a day, James Russell. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. Uh, thank you for your commitment to this because without somebody like yourself that takes up the banner for change and, and, and for recognition, these things would continue to lay buried forever. And I thank you very much for being here and uh, stay in touch with us. And if there's anything we can do to help you, please let us know. Well, thank you for your kind words and thank you for allowing me to uh, be on your show. Our pleasure is our honor. Thank you. All right. All right. Have a great day. You too. James Russell, he's 76 years old, an activist on behalf of uh, a truly historical site here in, uh, in Niagara. Now, Lee, I mean, great interview. I think it would only be responsible uh, of us to kind of go through the official press release from the, from of the town of Niagara-on-the-Lake because, of course, their tact is a little different and they're, they're citing red tape and the bureaucratic process, which, uh, you know, which is, is part of the discussion. That's why I asked James those questions, and here is, uh, as Kevin says, the other side of the conversation. This is a quote from Niagara-on-the-Lake. Excuse me. Well, the town is committed to honoring those buried at the cemetery and preserving heritage in Niagara-on-the-Lake, said the release. Council has committed to a partnership with a community group known as the FOTF to restore and preserve this burial ground long-term. Staff is working with the FOTF concerning next steps and is currently conducting a Stage 1 archaeological assessment through funding raised by the FOTF community group. This process is being done in consultation with the Bereavement Authority of Ontario. Once completed, the results will be shared with Town Council and next steps will be determined. The press release went on to explain that all work on the site must be conducted in accordance with the Ministry of Heritage, Sport, Tourism and Cultural uh, Culture Industries, the MHSTC, current guidelines as well as the Funeral, Burials and Cremation Services Act. Boy, they're bringing out all the, all, the, uh, all the letter donkeys here. Any work plans must be approved by the BAO and MHSTCI prior to project into uh, initiation. The document concluded the town will work cooperatively with these parties as it respectfully investigates and restores this important burial site and resting place of the parishioners buried there. Blah, blah, da, dee, blah, da, dee, blah, blah, da, blah. Now, according to Mr. Russell, none of that is necessary. Uh, it just depends on who wants to pay for it. <laughs> See, Kevin, is, doesn't that not seem what it boils down to? It's like just who's going to write the check? I'm somewhere in the middle here. I know you are. I know. I know. And you're probably right. There is a middle 
there's, there's, you know, as my dad used to say, there's uh, that side of the story, there's that side of the story, then there's the right story. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's like I a lot it. of things that happen at the municipal or government level where a lot of us go, well, why can't you just do this? But it, and I it's understand. not always that easy. I understand, but it's the optics that suck. I would agree. The mayor shows up at this gentleman's um, hunger strike uh, site at the graveyard and talks about the city budgets. Instead of listening to the history, instead of listening to the story. I, I bet if you asked Lord Mayor Gary Zaleppa about his visit with James that evening, he might have a different interpretation. He may. And if he do, give us a shout right at that Zoom link on the bottom of the page. Because uh, that's what we're about. This is what I talked about at the beginning of the show. We are not about having a one-sided conversation. We are about opening it up to have let everybody have their say on this and have an opinion. You've heard James Russell's uh, opinion on this, and this isn't the first time this story has hit the headlines. Uh, but it, it comes around again. What goes around comes around, around as they say. Um, and uh, ha have, have we been unfair a little bit to the city fathers and mothers of, uh, of Niagara? Like, maybe. Uh, and if we have, uh, let us let us know. Click on that Zoom link in the bottom of the post, uh, and come on in and, and talk to us about it. Tell us why. Uh, tell us why maybe we're a little off off base and condemning the lack of action on this. To me, it seems simple. To a lot of people, a lot of things seem simple. And then the politicians will sit back and say, ah, oh, you guys think it's so simple. Well, you come on in here and uh, do our jobs for a while and see how simple it is. I understand that. But what we don't understand is the complete picture. Yeah, sometimes I look at things like this, Lee, and I go, I don't necessarily know what the right answer is, but I know the wrong answer, and so far that's all I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I, I think that's it. I think a lot of people are like, well, no, no, I know what the right answer is. That's Just a perfect... Cut, a, cut yeah. a check for 60 grand. Well, I don't know that that's the right answer, but I know what the wrong answer is, and that's all I've been reading so far. Yeah, and that is, that, that's probably a great way to put it. Uh, I, I, might not know, I might not know what's right or best, but I know what's wrong. <laughs> and somebody has got to go through, uh, well, let's call it the process, for the lack of a better word. Yeah, there's, there's always a process. Because nobody wants to take the responsibility of being the one. Screw the process, I'm giving you the money. Nobody wants to be that person because then they come under all kinds of scrutiny. Uh, so it's, well, we got to follow the process. Everybody, example, falls, everybody falls back on the process. I mean, here's something closer to the right answer would be, you know what? While we're fundraising, the city is going to front the $59,000 in an interest-free loan to the FOFW or whatever that yeah, group there, is. There you go. That's closer to the right answer. FOTF, yeah. But, but, but there's, there's a way. You know, there's always a way to cut through the process. There's always a way to cut through the so-called red tape. And, and I got to tell you, I have lived all across this country, and we are not the only ones that suffer the municipality gridlock. Uh, that, uh, that, that municipal. It, it's harder to get something through a municipal government than it is to move mountains globally, I swear to God. Uh, because everybody's got their, their job to do. You know, everybody has their, their thing and everything is the process and like, and almost everyone that has ever elected a mayor 
uh, or a city councilor has always said, if I'm elected, I vow to make it easier for business to do business. I vow to make it easier to go through these processes. Well, frankly, it doesn't matter what municipality I've been in, from British Columbia to Winnipeg to Niagara Falls to Hamilton to Sarnia to London to Kingston, they're all the same. They don't make it easier. I've never seen it made easier. So, but they always say they're gonna. Uh, Lee, let's move on. A disturbing incident. Wasn't in, that fun? In West St. Catharines. Oh. We'll, we'll follow this and uh, you know, we'll, we'll be following the updates. A disturbing incident there Monday yeah. night, just after dinner time in, uh, in West St. Catharines and uh, NRP took two men into custody. Yes, this is a sad state of affairs. Detectives investigating this incident uh, April the 10th, Monday night, about 8 o'clock, uniform officers from the NRPS responded to an assist ambulance call in St. Catharines. They arrived on scene to a multi-unit housing complex on Louth Street near Valley Road. You probably know the, know the area. It's uh, on the west, the west side of the city, on the, the, the west side of the Burgoyne Bridge and a little bit south of there. Correct, Kevin? Yeah, here, I'll pull it up on the map, yeah. really, and you can... See, I used to live very close to here. So you go, there's um, yeah. the old West Park School, which is right. now DSPN Academy, the big right. park right there, and then just to the south, you have this People's Choice Cooperative Homes. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the location of which we speak. Officers arrived on the scene to a multi-unit housing complex in that area that Kevin just pointed out, along with EMS. They treated a male, 34-year-old, who was found to be in critical condition. The male victim, despite resuscitation efforts, was pronounced deceased at the scene. As a result of the initial investigation, two males were arrested at the scene. Ryan Johan Orland of St. Catharines, 42 years of age, and um, well, charged with manslaughter, failed to comply, etc., and the, the usual things that go along with these kinds of uh, charges. Uh, as well as Sean Robert Durrell Montgomery, 45 years old, uh, of uh, NFA, has been charged with uh, those offenses as well. Um, they're both held in custody to attend a video bail hearing, and that's uh, tomorrow. Right? It was yesterday. So oh, yesterday. I'm, I'm sorry. Sure, I keep forgetting sure today is there. the 12th. And hopefully, you know, in a lot yeah. of the comments, you notice that both of these guys. Um, what did they get charged with? Fail to comply with their release order, which means, you know, they're known to police. They were on some sort of probation or had some, some restrictions on what they were allowed to do. They were not totally free men. And, uh, and now they've both been charged with manslaughter. So you wonder, okay, another bail hearing? I mean, people are very critical of the judicial system. I know, I was going to say, and, and, and justifiably so, this is more fuel for the fire of people that cannot believe that we allow convicted felons or or uh, should I say felons I don't know uh, people that they'd already arrested for one reason to let them out on the street and they kill somebody perhaps they are allegedly kill somebody let's put that allegedly in there um, it's a huge, 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 huge debate. But then on the legal side of things, Kevin, I've been reading so many stories about how clogged uh, not only our legal processes are, the court systems, etc., 
but the jails and the the prisons and the halfway houses and all of these places uh, there's no room at the inn, man now as always or often is the case Lee um, the story plays out in the comments and here's the original post from Monday night just responding to an incident and 90 comments of which I believe I'm not sure if Nick maybe took some of them down. It said you know? comments were disabled. I think Nick's... This is four, downs, four doors down to me. Um, people in the comments, though, Lee, saying very that the co-op is, uh, is very much a community, yeah. that there are kids outside playing. In fact, um, somebody here said that, um, yeah, all the kids were outside playing until we heard a loud scream that was obviously not coming from a child. <laughs> yeah. And um, somebody in here said, you know, that was, that was my brother. Yeah, we we were going to reach out and thought it was probably way Wait, too there, way Vanessa. too way too soon. Vanessa uh, Gallant, uh, Gallant, uh, our sincere condolences. It was my brother who was killed. Still in disbelief. Hopefully, you keep the suspect. And you see, I put a comment on there. You did. Yeah. I'm very sorry for and you. We are all very nothing sorry. Nothing else to be said. I, I quite no. often, I wish people would be more empathetic with some of the posts on 411 when there's a car accident really uh, the only thing to say is I hope everybody's okay uh, yeah on social media in general um, there is not enough empathy um, as you state um, okay so there's a lot more to know about that story and as uh, as Vanessa said, I hope they keep the suspects. And again, now we don't know. Uh, uh, they uh, arraigned. They made their court appearance, as Kevin said uh, yesterday, the 11th. And I'm not sure of the results of that. If they are somehow released again on some sort of bail or, or recognizance or something, I don't quite... I don't quite get it, but it all but it all depends on the evidence and the lawyers and the the terms and the law and we uh, we live in a land of laws and uh, without those we shall perish and we don't always agree with them but they are what they are and uh, until somebody comes up with a better plan it's what we got. Um, Kevin, I want to thank uh, our sponsors uh, here for a couple of minutes. I want to thank Gail's. Gaspar's fueling Niagara for over the last uh, 50 years, and they're well, well known for their uh, for their gas bars. But they do so much more here in Niagara as well. They service farms and businesses and construction sites, manufacturing plants, all kinds of transportation systems in uh, in Niagara. All you have to do is really make one call, and all your petroleum needs are looked after. They they carry both clear and colored diesel, regular and premium gas, which you're already aware of, uh, furnace oil. That's that's something that a lot of a lot of people still use. When I was a kid, I grew up and we heated our home with oil for many, many, many years. There are still places that use furnace oil every year, and they deliver rain, snow, sleet, kind of like the post office. <laughs> it gets there. And a wide variety of oil and lubricants in bulk. A real multi-product supplier. The furnace oil warms you up. The gas keeps you going. And uh, by all means, one call and you have questions to ask, do that. and uh, Or just go online, which is uh, the way that we 
prefer to hook people up because that's kind of business we're in. Uh, Gales.ca. It doesn't get any more difficult than that. So we really appreciate their continued support here on the, on the program. Virgin Insurance Brokers, Virgin Insurance Group here in uh, Niagara as well, located on Ontario Street in St. Catharines. Another long-term born and bred uh, Niagara company. Mark Shirk, uh, Blake and the gang, thank you very much for being a part of us. Fiddler's Poorhouse, Dave McPerrion and his staff always treat us uh, as if we are golden and uh, though we are not, we, we appreciate the hospitality every week that Fiddler's Poorhouse provides. Great menu, great food. We have, as you uh, can see behind me, I'll get out of the way a little bit, an open air seating area on these beautiful, I think they were looking at something like a 26 degrees Celsius day today, Kevin. And back up in the 20s tomorrow, Fiddler's Poor House. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful spot to sit. And the closer you can get to that open air window, the more you'll enjoy it. <laughs> and so uh, thanks to Dave and the gang for, uh, for hosting us uh, and letting us sort of disrupt your business processes on a, on a weekly or semi-weekly basis. Um, to another business that I don't give enough uh, nod to, but I'll, I'll nod right now, is uh, Beau Chapeau Hat Shop on Queen Street, right downtown Niagara-on-the-Lake. I have a nice collection of hats that uh, I have purchased from, uh, from Beau Chapeau uh, Hat Shot. Um, I'm a hat guy, like hats, and uh, boy, they've got uh, something for everybody, be it sports, be it uh, Aussie golf hats like this one is, uh, be it uh, fedoras or caps or whatever uh, headgear you're interested in, you got to stop by. The hard part about going to the Beau Chapeau hat shop is getting out. Once you get in, you're going to want to stay there because it's just like so much to so much to look at. So to Kevin Newfeld and his gang at uh, Beau Chapeau. Uh, appreciate you uh, allowing me to use your your wares here as well. Kevin Jack and Brandon Scram about six or seven years ago now time flies for me and I always I always lose lose track um, do we have James Potts ready to come on? Uh, no, I'm just talking with his people, hoping we can track him down and get him here on the program to promote the uh, Niagara Falls 420 Expo. 420 Expo, yeah. So he's uh, he's somebody that we're expecting to come on, and I'm sorry to interrupt you because you're you're trying to executively produce this show. Well, it's all good. I'm an octopus. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the, a multitasker extraordinaire. Uh, Kevin came to me for. Years ago, is it that long already? Four, yeah, five must years be. ago, um, and said, "Hey, I got this idea because we were in, uh, we were sort of in a downturn of business because we were this this COVID thing was looming and um, whatnot." And so, um, so Kevin says, "I got this idea, and uh, I kind of think you could uh, do a decent job of it, and uh, just show up, and we'll we'll do this thing." So here we are into our fourth season, like four and a half years in uh, to Niagara 411 Live with Lee Starry. And uh, we have a partnership uh, with content sharing with Nick at Niagara 411. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick's mom. And um, it's been incredibly successful. And I, I, I just wanted to thank you all 
for tuning in in real time. And Kevin also puts pieces of the program up on uh, Niagara 411's Facebook page over the course of the week so that in case you missed it, uh, here's a segment that we did. And um, I hope you, hope you enjoy it. So it's new media. It's one-of-a-kind show that we do. Uh, and it kind of dovetails with the one-of-a-kind business that uh, Kevin, Jack, and Brandon Scram created six or seven years ago. And Kevin, um, you're your best uh, spokesman, so um, tell us how things are going with WeStream. And what, what is WeStream? WeStream is a live event and a hybrid event video production company. And you know what, Lee? It's so easy to see what WeStream is because here's our announcement from the previous week, week and a half since we were uh, last on the air here, is that the WeStream office at uh, 22 Secord, our sign is now up. Yay! So there you go. I mean, hey. hey, look at that. People aren't coming into your place now asking for renovations. Yes, which we is are, the guy next door. Yeah, we are next door to uh, Reggie's. Yeah, Reggie's renovations. There's also the um, the raw dog food guys yeah. out in that plaza, uh, close to where the Celtic Club used to be. So that little cut through street on Seacourt. Bolt Pools is there. Uh, you can make your own wine. That guy's right across the road. Yeah. So here we go. I mean, there you go. See our sign right there. Seacourt. Very. Uh very well-known street runs between uh, Lake Street and Scott Street. There you go. We are live streaming in a hybrid event video production company. We do corporate, community, sports, and special events, and we do any and all of those. And as I was, as I was saying to uh, James Russell when we were talking about the uh, Negro burial ground in Niagara on the Lake, is it's one thing to invite people to a party. But these days, people don't often show up at parties because it's kind of it's kind of inconvenient because people have busy lives. But if they can say, "Click on that button," and you can join the party, ooh, well, that's a whole different sack of hammers. And Kevin, that's what you guys do. Yeah, a couple of things that we like to uh, that we like to say, Lee, and kind of our sales pitch, whatever. Uh, two of them would be uh, go to where the people are, right? This idea that um, yeah. the idea that you're going to have an event, an open house, whatever it is, and everybody's going to take time out of their day to come see you in person. It's really not feasible, and it's not an effective way to reach your audience. No. And the other one would be um, to be your own media. You know, a lot of people are used to the way things work even 10 years ago mm -hmm. where, okay, we're having a media event. I guess we should, you know, cast a wide net and hope that the newspapers, the radio stations, the TV, well, there is no TV in Niagara. So let's hope that these people show up. And the yeah. reality is now, well, why, why leave it all to hope and prayer? Be your own media. So bring in a company like WeStream. You could tell your own story. You control it. You're not reliant on somebody to edit a story and fit it into 250 words and maybe leave out some important details yeah. that were uh, that were of a priority be to you. Be your own so media. Be your own media and go to where the people are. And uh, as far as uh, I'm concerned, that's me. Uh, my website is simple, leesterry.com. Uh, I'm a voice for hire, sort of like a hired gun, if you will. Uh, I think I've got now 33 books uh, that I have narrated that are up on um, Audible, which is uh, uh, the ACX arm of uh, audiobooks, and uh, other other clients as well. 
be they uh, be they radio commercials, be they documentaries, be they educational, be they e-learning uh, backgrounds, whatever, whatever needs a voice, whatever has to be shared on uh, on on social media or radio, television, whatever. Um, that's that's what I do, and I've been doing it for I think only maybe forty-seven years now. So. <laughs> one of these days I'll get it right. Yeah, one day. One day. Um, so uh, yeah, that's our that's our whole gaggle of of support system here with this program. And we do have a couple of sponsorships open if you wanna find out about it. They're 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 really, really uh, cost effective. Just get in touch with us. Send us a note on the on the feed and uh, Kevin will get in touch with you. Kevin, um, uh, how close are we to uh, getting James on the air? Another James. Uh, looks like maybe about 15 minutes, so we might wrap up the show here with uh, with James. Okay. Um, something, Lee, that I want to uh, I want to get in. Just you, you triggered on it there. I signed up for something about a month, month and a half ago. Yeah. And it's to help people that are visually impaired or blind, and it was something called uh, Be Your Eyes, and it was okay. it was really odd, but it was a modern day solution to regular day problems for people that are blind or vision impairment. Okay. And great. what it is, I, I registered, and all it meant was. I had to give them my phone number. And, oh, okay. And the deal would be is at any time, and it hasn't happened yet, at any time, somebody from around the world could video call me. Okay. And they would video call me and say, hey, let's say I'm in a grocery store. Can you help me pick out the right brand of maple syrup? Because I can't see the labels, and they all feel the same to me. So I, on the other side of the world, I could be talking to somebody in Singapore. And say, yeah, okay, now reach that one a little to the left. There, that's the one you want. Wow. And it could be anything. You know, any, I, I wouldn't even try and imagine all of the issues of confusion that people with, that are blind or have visual impairments deal with, whether it's pushing the right button in an elevator. I know there's Braille there, but maybe it's rubbed off. That's um, amazing. Navigating you know, a supermarket or navigating a busy place. So they would video call all these people that have volunteered around the world, and I get to be their eyes for whatever task. And how do they contact you? I'm just in the registry. I think they just hit next up. Right? And they've, again, it hasn't happened yet. I haven't got a call. I don't know why necessarily, but I get emails from them once in a while. Now, that gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling, doesn't it? Yeah, it was one of those ones that came up, and, you know, you're kind of reading it and going, okay, where's the scam on this? And then you read it, read yeah. it, read it, and go, Well, because oh. you always expect a scam, right? Right, and go, there's, there's nothing scammy about this. This is just wow. people helping people through the use of technology. That is so cool. Okay. Uh, we're getting a word here. Uh, James is going to join us at 105, uh, which okay. gives us time to talk about scams, because I don't know whether this is a scam or not. It came through as a scam alert. Oh, these guys. Yeah, sorry, I was... No, no problem. You might have been going somewhere else, but the uh, driveway paving scammers in Welland. And yeah. it's now, this truck. If you've been around uh, a number of years at all, especially if you're a homeowner, you've probably seen these traveling tradesmen uh, that uh, knock on doors and uh, ask if uh, they can help you fix your porch or do your driveway or whatever. Well, here we are. Driveway paving scammers Welland. So, areas of Southworth Street and Ontario Road, occupant in a white truck with an Irish accent is offering to pave driveways for cash. 
They said they had a job in the area and that was canceled. Police have been notified as this is the exact situation that was being touted as a scam by police in the GTA last month. They would not provide identification or a business card, please beware. This is not an uncommon practice. And this particular one quite probably was a scam. But Kevin, we've all had people of, of this ilk, not necessarily driveway pavers, but all kinds of things, uh, br uh, brick masons, uh, whatever it is, um, offer, like knock on doors and offer to, to do renovations for you or do upgrades or, or whatever. And uh, a lot of these people have done very good work for some folks, and some of them are scammers. I guess um, the concept of showing identification or a portfolio or a, a, a business background or something would be an indicator that they are a legitimate company, and if they don't have any of that, well, you know, buyer beware. Well, take a look through some of these comments here from Niagara 411ers because they, they run the entire spectrum of what you were describing, yeah, including, okay. like, Carrie here saying, hey, they were, they were in the Facer Street area. Okay. Uh, oh, she's over there. Sorry, Carrie. Um, I was looking at the truck. Uh, they were in the Facer Street area in St. Catharines last week. Left me a business card, uh, and the website doesn't exist. Used very high-pressure tactics. Made me very uncomfortable. Left my street quickly after I let them know I was very nervous. It was the same truck, with one guy driving and one guy approaching houses with an accent. Uh, after that, uh, yep, I'm on uh, Facebook Street. Uh, so I'm just kind of scrolling through. Yeah, he was in Welland last year, too, using the same spiel. Uh, on Garnet Street, St. Kitts today as well. They did work in this area last summer. All jobs are falling apart. Run. Um, okay. Uh, this guy was all over our area in Burlington last year, and word got up. Might not be the same guy. I don't know. But, but then you get down to people like Christy. And Christy says, did several houses on my street last year, including mine. Did a great job. I'm extremely happy with it. Now, was it the same guy? We don't yeah, know. Yeah, so which is it? I yeah. mean, if a guy knocks on your door, offers to pave your driveway, yeah. does it, and it holds up, that's not a scam. Scam or not a scam? Sounds like a game show. We had the same guy out about a week ago on Kingsway Crescent in St. Catharines. My husband had him at our door and he wouldn't take no for an answer. My husband knew it was fishy. He wanted to do it for 4,500, then went to 3,800. Hubby asked for his business card and name and he wouldn't provide it. People are disgusting taking advantage of others. Yeah, oh, there's con men and con people, con women out there. Now the hypothesize, what's the scam here you think? Well, you know what? That's a good question. Uh, probably, probably getting paid decent money for inferior product or inferior work. Secondly, uh, you give them a down payment for work to be done next week, and they never show up. Um, Look so, at this guy, Carl. So, so you know, you walk away with five hundred bucks just for knocking on a door. Um, Carl says they did our driveway last year and did an awesome job. Same truck. 
Okay. So which is it? Exactly. I, it's kind of like trying to grab smoke. You really don't know what is happening. But here. then you get here, Leanne. He gets around. He was in Smithville last year as well, trying to convince my elderly mother that I came by. I asked a lot of questions. And I never saw them again. Can't believe they are still making their rounds. Oh, they won't stop. These guys did a bunch of my neighbors last year, and some driveways always are coming back up, and they did not rid out existing asphalt, just went over what was already there. Well, that's, I mean, that's what you can do by, work. yeah, you can, do, you can do that yourself by buying a tub of tar at Canadian Tire and, you know, sealant, as they call it, and do it yourself without ripping up the old stuff. Hope they catch them. Well, I don't know. What is there to catch? Uh, you—it's kind of tough to prove that they're breaking the law. I guess unless they take your money and then don't show up. Because they ask you a question. If you give them your money, you gave them your money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that you can go to jail for lying, can you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I mean. I—I I mean. It's good to make people aware, and some people's experiencing saying, yeah, very pushy sales tactics. So, of course, you know, anybody that walks up to your door unsolicited should right away um, make you wonder and make you think, right? Because yeah. that's not how people conduct business nowadays. Oh, God, no. Um, my son, uh, God bless him, he was, he was one of those uh, uh, hated vacuum cleaner salesmen for a short period of his life. He was good at it, but he was obnoxious. He was friendly. He was obnoxiously friendly <laughs> to the people at, uh, at the door. You know, it's knock on the door. Hi, I'm doing a dun da 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 Get off my porch, and if you come back, I'll throw you off my porch again. Four hours later, he goes back. Here I am. <laughs> you know? Um, you gotta have you got to have stones if you're going to be selling something door to door. And uh, boy, that's a tough. Remember the old encyclopedia sales? Kevin, are you old enough to remember that? Uh, not old enough to actually have them come to my door, but oh. old enough for them to kind of be. They were the punchline, these, right? These poor, these poor guys. I mean, they were. T I remember when I was a kid. Uh, and my parents bought them too. And they were great encyclopedias. But they're carrying these these boxes and they're so heavy you know how heavy books are to carry around oh my god they had to work hard I, I i felt like giving them money when i was a kid just because just because they had to carry all that crap in the heat of the summer wearing a suit this is a tough job now lee here's one um that kind of relates to this and it was such a quick video that nick put up here on april the 4th and i'm not sure if you saw this but the reports were it, it, the car goes by so fast, but I mean, you can read the reports right there, and then I'll, I'll play the video a couple of times. April, April can, the 4th be with you? Okay. Yeah, see if you can make anything of it. Witnesses recorded what appears to be two people riding outside of a vehicle traveling well in excess of the speed limit on 15th Street in Lincoln this morning. Okay, now you say it goes fast. Yeah, okay, here you go. I don't know. I mean, I saw. I saw. Are they like hanging yeah, out like, the window? It looks like they're hanging out the window. Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Pretty crappy car for Dukes of Hazard. I mean, here I'll see if I can. No, you can't. Can't pause it. That. 
So just a couple of kids stunting by the looks of it. Taking their own lives in their hands. Well, you can't, you can't fix stupid. Gosh. Frankly, it doesn't bother me at all. They're the only ones that are going to get hurt. I hope. You can't fix stupid. <laughs> uh, I want to mention um, something today. It was announced this morning. Gordon Lightfoot, Canada's most loved troubadour, is what I refer to him as and have for my entire life. I, I've always been a huge, huge fan uh, of Gordon's. Uh, I am blessed to be able to say that I've met him and talked to him and spent some time with him. And to me, those are some of the most precious moments of, of my life. Uh, it was announced today, Gordon Lightfoot, he's 84 years old, uh, has canceled all his planned concerts over health issues. He has been experiencing some again. He did a number of years ago and was able to bounce back uh, and to recover from the issues that he was suffering from a number of years ago. There is no, there is no detail of what is ailing Gordon, but there are also no details on when or if those concerts will be rescheduled. And all of our thoughts and prayers, as they say, go out to him. He's a, a wonderful man. And as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to call him my friend uh, and my hero and one of my mentors. And uh, he, has meant, he has meant much to me uh, over my career and his. He plays a guitar like me as well with that lovely acoustic 12-string he's holding. Um, and I wish, him, I wish him well. He's had an interesting life. He has created some of the most beautiful music and engaging melodies and haunting lyrics of any musician. And he didn't sell out, as they say. He remained living in Canada. He has never moved south to live in the United States. Uh, he has had a few big hits, of course, that were on the United States radio stations and on the U.S. charts. But he has been intrinsically and committedly Canadian his entire life, his entire career, originally from Aurelia, Ontario. We wish Gordon um, well and a speedy recovery. We hope this isn't we hope this isn't the last we hear from you, Gordon. Get well. We love you. You're one of a kind. James Potts, I hope I'm pronouncing the, uh, the name correctly. Uh, James will let me know if he's not. He's the co-founder uh, of uh, 420, Niagara Falls 420 Expo. And that's coming up... Uh, not on the 20th, but uh, pretty darn close. James, how are you, buddy? I'm are doing well, thank you. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we've got you. Is it Ponce or Ponce? 
Uh, it's it's actually it, it, I say Ponce, but it's actually uh, Ponce. It's Spanish. Ponce, from, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from Ecuador. Because there's a, a lady that's a good friend of mine uh, out in British Columbia with the same last name, and she is Ponce. So I I didn't I wasn't sure. But we've yeah. met we've met before. We've chatted before, have we not? We have, yes. Yeah, you look you look way too familiar to me for this to be a first timer. So. Uh, Fill us in on what's going on. We got Niagara 420 back on uh, back on the rails. Yeah, first of all, uh, I, I hope everything. Uh, I heard your report about Gordon Lightfoot, and uh, you know, sad to hear about the cancellations and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. wishing wishing well over there. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the Niagara Falls 420 Expo takes place on Saturday, April 22nd. Uh, it's Canada's largest celebration of everything cannabis. Um, instead of just you know, you know, it's not the kind of normal cannabis event that you see where people um you know it's business to business this is consumer based so we okay. we put a lot of things in there that are fun we have vendors selling um you know hemp clothing we have people selling tie-dye clothing we have uh you know paraphernalia there's bongs there's pipes there's papers there's uh, crafters that make custom bongs painted bongs painted pipes handcrafted pipes uh everything we even have you know pop culture vendors that sell you know, stoner toy, you know, James uh, <laughs> and Bob comics and figures and, you know, a little bit of everything. So we kind of embrace more of the pop culture side right. of cannabis and, you know, the movies and memorabilia that come along with it as opposed to, um, you know, being like a kind of like a boring, you know, like a home and garden kind of Yeah, show. it's a fun trade show. A hundred percent. Yeah, we've we've got movie cars. It's a consumer show. We've got, uh, you know, that's that's the goal is the consumers to come in and have a great time. All the fans that come. We've got the Love Machine, a replica from the old Cheech and Chong films. We've got a Mystery <laughs> Machine replica. Uh, we've got Bill Diamond, who is a, a puppeteer um, out of New York, who has worked with Jim Henson back in the eighties. He worked on Dark Crystal and Fraggle Rock, and he comes with a big like six and a half foot Audrey. From Little Shop of Horrors, he actually made the Audrey um, plant for the Broadway musical, and he brings that on tour. So that's coming to the show where you know people can go outside, smoke a joint, and then come inside and get a picture inside Audrey's mouth. So you know, it's kind of fun <laughs> to think like that. That's awesome. Now, James, is this the is this the first expo of its kind since the whole COVID uh, thing, uh, and? Also, part two, since the legalization of cannabis in, in, in this country? Uh, no. So we were actually the first show in the area. Okay. Um, actually, the first you know, cannabis-based show in Ontario uh, to take place after legalization. We, our first event uh, of this name was April um, 2019. So cannabis had been legal for about five and a half months in right. Ontario. Right, okay, okay. And, but there were no stores yet. Uh, the Niagara Herbalist was just had just opened, and Chum was in the process of opening here in Niagara. And then last year, we were the first consumer show post-COVID that had full attendance, no masks, everything was like you know, a back to normal okay. uh, fun event. So we were the first show in the Niagara region to be back. Well, congratulations. But it's, it sounds like it's going to be really, um, really sort of puffed up and blown up from from previous versions it just it just sounds like it's going to be fun for anybody that wants to show up we got a freeze yeah we just got a freeze here i can throw this up lee i mean man there's so much going on as i know james will be back here in a second it looks like afro man's coming this year yeah they got bands they got djs 
And he just dropped out here for a second. I know we'll get him back. Uh, the Green Room Podcast will be recording live all day. Green Room Podcast. I like yeah, that. Here we go. James is coming back in now. Yeah, okay. Let's see. But uh, tickets, and they throw their, their website right at the top here. Yeah. We'll get James back here in just one second. There it is there. Niagara Falls 420Expo.com. There you go. Okay. Hey, James. Oh, sorry sorry. We, uh, we had a bit of a freeze there for a moment. Uh, so tell us... Let's go back to the nuts and bolts of this uh, thing now. Uh, times and dates and ticket prices and how do we find you and all that stuff. Yeah, so Saturday, April 22nd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The event uh, runs all day long at the Niagara Falls Convention Center on Stanley Avenue. You can get tickets online at NiagaraFalls420Expo.com or at the door. Tickets are always available at the door to walk up. Um, you know, people, some people plan in advance, other people come and uh, show up at the door. Um, you know, it's probably the most cost effective event in the city, ticket wise. Tickets are $20, um, you know, plus, uh, plus HST. So, uh, you know, get them at the door or online in advance, whatever people like. And you can meet Afro Man. We have, uh, you know, legendary rapper free from 1 to 3 p.m. He'll be, uh, he'll be meeting fans and taking selfies for free. Yeah, we saw, we, uh, we were talking about that during our little hiatus. There a lot of entertainment throughout the course of the day. Yeah, that's one of the goals. You know, we want to give people interactive, fun things to do. We have Jordan Prentice as well, who is an actor out of Toronto. Um, he's been in films like In Bruges and um, you know Howard the Duck. He was actually uh, the physical body of Howard the Duck in a few scenes. Um, the reason we're bringing him in is from Harold and Kumar. Uh, he's actually the big <laughs> bag of weed that Kumar falls in love with during the dream sequence. Yeah. So uh, we're looking. Looking forward to having him at the show, and we've got uh, you know a whole bunch of exciting panelists and speakers like Jackie Childs, and we have uh, we have Primo Cannabis on site and Caramel Cannabis, and all these companies talking about different strands and legalities and social media and cannabis and all these different yeah. things you can do. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, uh, Lee, do you think I could ask a question here, James? Well, okay, I guess because so. If you at, have to. Well, as you start talking about the <laughs> actors and everything that is part of 420 culture, where do you guys draw the line? I mean, you know, Harold and Kumar, okay, a very weed-based movie, mystery machine. I get it, but you know, arcades and things like this. You know, the Afro Man's are obvious, but where does 420 culture stop and start? I guess are there boundaries? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's some boundaries like there is for everything, but I mean, at the same time, think about it. How many people do you know smoke a joint and then play a video game and relax after work? I know quite a few. So, you know, I think uh, I think that's part of it as well, is you can kind of, um, a lot of things you can integrate that maybe you didn't think of, such as gaming. Um, sure. You know, have an outdoor patio where you can go outside and smoke and chill uh, with a rolling station. You know, it's, I think you can, there's a lot of things in pop culture that I think people don't realize can kind of be integrated into um, cannabis and, and really enjoying it at the same time. Now, when people think about um, cannabis, um, especially of my generation, the older uh, folks, um, the 1960s people, um, it's it's all it's all about smoking. Yep. Uh, but now we've got the we've got the edibles, and we've you've got the the, the gummies and like all this. All this stuff is this is this side of the business represented at the the 420 Expo as well? Well, it's represented in the Expo in that there are vendors uh, that have shops that will they can talk about what they have online, show you 
right. uh, what's in the store, you know, on their phones, things like that. There will not you you can't buy edibles at the show. It's just not how the government works yet. Right. But we are hoping that you know sometime in the next hopefully year or two they'll look at it as you know a special occasion permit like a, a license, just like a beer fest, right? When yeah. when craft beers can go. Okay, so we've uh, we're hoping that eventually uh, cannabis can do the same thing. Okay, we had a little bit of a break up there. Could you repeat what you just said? Yeah, no problem. So um, we're hoping that, you know, at, at, right now you can't buy edibles or, or uh, cannabis drinks outside of an actual licensed retailer. Gotcha. So you know, we're hoping that, you know, in the next year or two, the government maybe relooks at it, uh, you know, does a thorough review, and they look at maybe giving, you know, a special occasion permit like you can with alcohol. If right. you're a small right. doctor, you can have your alcohol in an LCBO, but you can also go to a beer fest and sell it. So we're hoping that eventually they'll look at cannabis the same way you can do it with cigars and you know so but you can't do it you you can't do it with a marijuana cigarette at this show for example not yet but we're hoping that's that's the goal is that eventually the government looks at it and and gives it a shot because i mean at the same time it would be a really cool experience to go and and see you know so many different uh types of strands in person which you can't do at all james from your perspective uh how has the legalization of this product or the non or the decriminalization if you will of this product change change this environment that all of you folks and all of the people that are going to be at the show live in how is it um how is it or is it different uh, i think it's definitely changed i think it's become more mainstream more accepted um you know if you said 10 years ago we were running a 420 expo a cannabis expo inside a convention center we probably wouldn't have even been allowed to you know we we probably there probably would have been so right. many some red herring and red tape but now we're legally allowed to people can go outside in our in our designated smoking area they can consume cannabis there they can sit outside in nice weather hopefully it's nice weather they can smoke a joint they can go back inside they can meet afro man play games and it's more socially acceptable now i think the stigma behind uh, cannabis use is, is gone from where it used to be do you get any pushback from the neighbors, as it were, when you do that? <laughs> um, not to our knowledge. I, I think the uh, I know the convention center did get a complaint before about people saying that yeah. uh, it, it smelled a little different, skunky. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, a little skunky. But um, but no, I mean for the most part, you know, everyone's everyone's been very supportive, especially uh, the venue and you know everyone around. So we've been really lucky that way. Kevin? Yeah, James, just want you to uh, walk through the tickets. I'm going to throw it up on the screen here. I know you can't see it, but I mean, $25.11 for general admission. You can't beat that. That's an incredible deal. Um, and you can get it all there on the website, NiagaraFalls420Expo.com. You've also got the VIP admission, and then there's an Afro Man VIP package. Can you talk about the difference between those three tiers? Yeah, so the... the the, uh, the most cost-effective is the general admission, which gets you into the event all day long from 10 to 5. You still can meet Afro Man. You still can partake in all the other fun. Uh, the VIP package gets you in half an hour before everyone else, so you can go shopping a little bit early maybe, you know, get your hand on uh, your hands on some some things you've been looking at. You know, maybe there's a, there's a pipe or bong that, uh, you know, is really cool that you want to get before it sells out because people do sell out of items at uh, these vendor tables and yeah. you also get a swag bag from that from the Niagara Falls 420 Expo that has all kinds of goodies we have there's beanies there's shirts there's pipes there's rolling trays there's uh, vape pens there's uh, there, there's cases 
Um, there's just all kinds of stuff in there that's really cool. Um, you know, it's about a $200 value roughly. And then the VIP pack, or sorry, the Afroman VIP includes everything the regular VIP does, but it also includes a private five-minute VIP meet and greet with Afroman. It's only limited to about 10 people. So you'll have five minutes private time in a small group setting off the show floor with Afroman to kind of, you know, mingle, chat, you know, joke around, ask some questions, and who knows, maybe he'll go outside and smoke with you too. <laughs> okay. Um, terrific uh, to have you back. Uh, great to have this uh, ramped up to a whole new level. Uh, so, um, and uh, what's the website again? Niagara Falls 420 Expo.com. Tickets uh, are available online or at the door. All right. That is uh, awesome. James Potts, co organizer of the 420 Expo. Uh, thanks for taking time out and talking to us. Hope it's a great event. I'm sure it will be. Sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, as who, who knew? As you said earlier, who knew that society would reach this stage uh, of, of development? I mean, you never know where we're going these days, do you? So congratulations and good luck with it. Well, thank you. You know what? A hundred years ago, alcohol was banned too, right? So Oh, perish the thought. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. Enjoy, guys. So there you go. Have fun on uh, on April the 22nd. I want to mention our sponsors once again before we totally run out of time. Gail's Gas Bars, thank you very much for fueling this program and continuing to be a huge uh, keynote uh, sponsor of ours. And it's not just uh, gas bars, as, uh, as you know them. It's farms, businesses, construction sites, manufacturing plants, all kinds of transportation uh, venues that they, uh, that they serve and they support all petroleum needs. Think petroleum and uh, it all comes under the Gales umbrella. They've got uh, both kinds of diesel, clear and colored. Uh, of course, regular and premium gas, as you know. Furnace oil, yes, people still do heat and run furnaces with oil and uh, their trucks are uh, out there 24-7 uh, all, the, all around the calendar supplying that, supplying that uh, well, life fuel, I guess. And uh, we thank them for fueling this program. Verge Insurance, also uh, your support, greatly appreciated here. For all your insurance needs in Niagara, there's another Niagara born and bred company, which is what we like to focus on. Also, Kevin Jack, uh, a pleasure as always uh, working with you and your technical expertise here at WeStream. We, uh, we, we love doing this. Um, uh, we are every two weeks now. Um, that being said, when things, uh, things ramp up or schedules allow, we may go back to our weekly stint, but right now it's every two weeks uh, here on Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. Also, to Fiddler's Four House again, Dave McParian and the staff that uh, put up with us every week. Thank you very much for that. Nick at Niagara 411. Nick's mom, hello. Kevin, give my best to your dad. I know he's still kind of recuperating a little bit. From yeah, he's doing pretty good. His issues of uh, the last while, so we want to make sure that uh, he's, uh, he's doing well. And uh, we, have a, we have a Niagara Act to play us off the stage here at Niagara 411 Live with Lee Starry, as we always do. His name is Lee Curry. Are we ready to go with Mr. Curry? 
Uh, just give me a minute here, Lee. Or, or do you want to? Uh, no, you let's show people this beautiful day outside. And uh, as I, yeah, just oh, look at there. Yes, do your regular send off, and then we'll yeah. be ready with Lee Kerr. This is a guy just uh, stumbled across in a Facebook group called Niagara Musicians. Yeah. Uh, I think it says went to Governor Simcoe, who's okay. a St. Catharines guy, and uh, don't know any more about him other than the song is an original song called, what, Hey, Hey, Yeah, Yeah? Hey, Hey, Yeah, Yeah. And it seems pretty decent to me. I want to remind you, if you see smoke over in the area of uh, the Eco Park, Malcolm's in Eco Park, it's a controlled burn. There is no problem. All right. They may have already done it. They may be getting ready to do it. I'm not sure of their timing. But if you do see smoke over there, do not be alarmed. And don't call authorities because everything is A-OK. James Russell, thank you very much. 76-year-old um, men um, raising awareness once again of the Negro burial ground that needs attention, a lot of attention, from uh, the municipality of Niagara-on-the-Lake. And I hope we get it. James Ponce, 420. Expo in Niagara Falls on April the 22nd. And uh, Lee Curry is, uh, m m I'm Lee Sterry, thanks for being here. Lee Curry is going to join us with Hey, Hey, Yeah, Yeah. Enjoy this fabulous, fabulous day. It's summertime in Niagara.